Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. In 1979, I was 15 years old, growing up in lower northern Michigan. Learner permit in hand, I would jump at any chance to drive. My father was a career soldier in the Army, so he was gone often. My mother and I would take off on wonderful adventures during his time away. Ah, oh, my mother. To know her was to love her. Fearless, adventurous, and a happy lady. She never met a stranger, and I guess I got a lot of her in me. She loved singing and dancing, mushroom hunting, collecting rocks, as well as other oddities and antiques. One weekend, when Dad was gone, she stated that we were going antique hunting in the Upper Peninsula. And I could drive. I never packed so fast for a trip. We were ready to go in minutes. We were driving happily, singing to the one radio station that we were getting. Mom had planned our trip out on a map. She stated that we were heading to Cross Village, then to Menominee. She said that we would try to go to Keweenaw, a ghost town, but that ended up being a little too far. So we left in the afternoon, and by the time we were well on our way, it was late afternoon. There were trees growing over the road on both sides, very creepy, and it made it seem darker than what it really was. My mom asked if I wanted her to drive. The road was narrow and a little curvy, but I didn't want to give up my grip on the steering wheel. At least not yet. We were thirsty, so we stopped at a little wooden store on the way. We got our pop, and when we got to the counter, we noticed the clerk. He was thin and pale and had black hair all slicked back. Mom started talking to him, asking about any antique stores that are around, and he said that the locals didn't really like antique dealers. When he opened his mouth to talk, his front teeth were chipped in a uh, V-shape, like fangs. My mom kept talking while she was paying him, and he then told her about an abandoned church that was just up the road. She asked if she could go in, and he said sure, and gave her short directions. Once we got back in the car, Mom started driving. I looked at her and I said, that man sure changed his tune to tell her about the church. And she just smiled and said, well, maybe he likes me. We both smiled and I made the comment that she had a Dracula boyfriend. We got to the church and we got out of the car. It was getting darker now, but still enough light that we could see. There were fresh mounds on either side of the steps going into the church, which was odd since it was old and run down. I joked to my mom that maybe that's where they buried the antique dealers. We didn't stay very long after that. Mom just kind of looked in the door of the church and said, nope, nothing there, so let's go. I was pretty nervous by this time. I could tell that she was nervous too. She wasn't joking about leaving quickly. Mom drove for a little while and then lit up a cigarette. She rolled down her window, and I told her not to roll it down so far that a bat could get in. We left, but then, on the top of the hill we were driving up, flew the biggest bat that you've ever seen. It was barreling down the hill, wings flapping, heading straight for us. I started screaming and crying, It's the guy from the store! It's the guy from the store! And Mom punched the gas and aimed the car right at it. I remember thinking and saying, that the car won't kill it, and my mom said, well, she's at least going to slow it down. 
At the last second before we hit it, my mom swerved, sending our car into a spin. I thought we had hit it. When our car stopped, the headlights shone down the road, and when it got up, for one horrifying second, I knew it was going to kill us. It was then that we realized that it was a man on a bicycle wearing a huge poncho. That was what was whipping in the wind. He had fallen off his bike and was getting up and we didn't even wait to see if he was okay. Mom got the car turned around and we left that poor guy. We stayed in the first motel that we found. It was older. The bathroom window wouldn't shut right and the stains in the bathtub stopped us from showering. I know we didn't sleep well that night. We cut our trip short and I barely remember the ride home. All mom said about it was, don't tell dad. That was from Shelley in North Carolina. In the late 1990s, we moved into this waterfront property on an island directly across from Seattle. There was an aging pier at the end of the road and across from us was a retirement home that used to be a boarding school. The original dormitory building still stood, now abandoned, and next to that was an empty and super dilapidated bungalow. My friends and I decided to explore, figuring that we were preteen detectives, I guess. Through the shattered windows on the ground floor of our dorms, we could just make out what looked like broken plates and a stage in a distance. I wanted to climb in, I, I was super into theater at the time, but one of the other girls started getting really agitated saying, I don't think we should do this guys, I have a really bad feeling guys. We couldn't find another way in, all the doors were locked and all the windows had a drop down. We had much better luck with the bungalow finding the door off its hinges. Inside it looked like there had been a fire or something. The walls were largely studs, every surface was black and there was massive holes in the floor. Agitated girl did not come with us, but probably for the best. The whole place had this weird stale and stifling air in it. I don't really know how else to describe it other than thick. Through the windows outside, we'd been able to see a room that looked relatively new. It had a clean, shiny coat of periwinkle blue paint on the walls. Yet walking around inside the house, which wasn't very big, we simply couldn't figure out where that room was. There were no doors in the wall that should have been shared with it, and when we went outside to look in again, we realized that we couldn't actually see any doors from within the blue room either. That night, Everyone slept at my house. It was around 2 a.m. I suddenly woke up feeling like I couldn't breathe, like someone was sitting on my chest. On top of that, I couldn't move. I was sharing my bed with one of my friends and the others were on the floor, but then I was finally able to turn my body onto my right side. At that point, I saw a seventh girl sitting on my dresser. There were only supposed to be six of us. She had dark hair and was wearing a black dress like a pinafore and was tapping her booted heels against my drawers. I guess that jerked me awake properly because I was able to bolt upright, close my eyes, and shake my head. When I looked again, she was gone. 
I figured I'd given myself a nightmare. A couple of days later, I met up with my friends at the Island Historical Museum to do some more digging. It turned out that the boarding school had been founded in the 1870s as a sort of all-girls finishing school, and the pier at the end of the road used to be one of the main transport links over to the city. My house stood on what used to be the playing fields, and the bungalow was the groundskeeper's house. Though, unfortunately, we couldn't find any blueprints to explain the elusive blue room. What we did find, however, was a pretty terrifying photograph from the 1890s. The black and white school portrait showed two rows of girls in pretty white dresses sitting in front of the dormitory building. A couple of lines of text under the image listed all the names of the students in order, except one. In the front row, there was a girl looking down at her foot, which was being stepped on by a girl next to her. The girl next to her? Dark hair, wearing a black dress and boots. And her name? She was listed as Girl Unknown. After we moved, I started going back to those buildings to smoke weed, but never went in again. Once I got a cell phone, I noticed that there was no service in the bungalow or dorms, and I stopped going completely. Years later, my brother went into that house with some friends, but now refuses to ever go back either. He swears they heard screaming from inside the walls. That story was from Leslie in Seattle. My younger sister and I lived together in college, and we made friends with two other sisters that lived together and went to the same school as us. We got along beautifully and had so much fun together. We even moved to rent apartments in the same complex just to be close to our debaucherous. I know that's not a word, but I like it. College activities would be more convenient because we just had to walk straight across the parking lot. The Friends sisters invited us to come to visit their hometown, which was a little small town in southwest Texas, so we could meet their parents and stay with them for a fun-filled weekend, so we went. This home was huge, maybe six-plus bedrooms. It was a somewhat older house, maybe built around the 1950s, so there was plenty of room for each of us to have our own room. And of course, the Friends sisters elected to stay in their own childhood bedrooms, so my sister and I each took a guest bedroom. The first night we were there, we had a couple of beers in the backyard and we stayed up chatting and kind of joking around. No one was drunk by any means. Nothing odd was discussed, just a group of young college girls having fun. We probably went to bed around midnight or 1 a.m. at the latest. I went to my room, changed into sleepwear, and went to bed. I lay there, unable to sleep and not really sure why. I never really had any trouble just going right to sleep but something just felt off. As I lay there with my eyes closed, I started to feel like someone was in the room watching me. I had a strong feeling that it was coming from the corner of the room with a rocking chair in it. I told myself to ignore it and just go to sleep, but I couldn't push the feeling away. And then I thought I heard the rocking chair creak. 
thoroughly freaked out, I slowly opened my eyes to find that there was a hazy figure of an old woman just kind of floating above the rocking chair, just looking right at me. She had on some type of a long, dark dress, and she had long, gray, white, wavy hair that she wore down. She just kind of floated up and down in the corner of the room above the chair, watching me with an intent gaze. And I don't know how to describe the difference, but to me, it felt like she was watching me, not just looking at me. I could see the chair slightly rock as though she was in it, but she wasn't. It didn't feel evil. It didn't feel unwelcome. It's a jarring thing to experience nonetheless. I decided to close my eyes and tell myself that I was seeing things and try to go to sleep. And I did, but it was an uneasy sleep. I never felt alone in that room. I felt watched the whole time. I even dreamed of her some. I woke up at some point in the night and I didn't see her, but I felt her. And the chair was still slightly rocking. In the morning, we all got up and we were going to grab some lunch, so we were all getting dressed and doing our hair and makeup in the bathroom together. One sister asked me casually, Did you sleep okay? I said, eh, The bed is fine, but I felt like someone was in there with me. The other sister playfully slapped at the sister that asked me and said, Why did you tell her? I said, Tell me what? No one told me anything. The first sister confirmed that she hadn't told me anything, and then both sisters kind of grew somber at the moment, faces kind of drained, and one explained, We don't know who that is. She's just there. She's always been there. Did she watch you? She's always watching in that room. Sorry that we didn't warn you. They didn't say this, but it's almost as if my experience somehow made it more real to them. Like, as if they always just had a shared experience as sisters growing up together, but it was easily dismissed because they could just be imagining things. But since a stranger has now come in in the house with no warning and saw the same thing, it had to be true. I slept on the couch in the living room for the rest of the visit, and I didn't go back in that room except to gather my things. And all this is far from the scariest story ever. Nothing bad or evil ever happened, but... It's real and it's true, and it will live with me forever. I can't ever unsee her. I wonder why she's there and why does she watch. That story was from Aaron in Texas. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.